the rumor come out, does Tracer is gay? <laughs> Lena Oxton is gay is the most discussed in the media in the past few years. Even it has happened in 2016. But some of the public still curious about what exactly happening and <laughs> to be the reason there is a rumor come out about his gay. Her gay, rather. Her gay. Maybe she's using different <laughs> pronouns now. Uh, no, she identifies as a lesbian. And at that time, she became the massive social networking rumor. The public, especially her fans, are shocked. She came out with... with I love this article so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, br- this article breaks me because I already, as everyone knows, I, I am entirely illiterate. And this story, this this article just breaks me. But yeah, so Tracer's gay. D- d- does is she? <laughs> yes. Yes. She does. Tracer she does. does. Tracer does is gay. And uh, for that matter, uh, her girlfriend's pretty smoking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Emily, right? Yeah. Damn, Unfortunately, Tracer. It's- Unfortunately, it's not Amelie for all those widow tracer shippers out there. <laughs> well, now um, everybody knows why uh, Tracer has such a fondness for widow's ass. So before I before I like was able to get online and see what was going on with that, uh, I had the I had the comic explained to me by someone who is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who then said who then. Oh shit! <laughs> say, oh shit! Shots fired. Who described it as? Who described it to me as? Tracer is gay, but then her and her girlfriend go on a date with Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's fuck." Pardon this pun. Fucking bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you guys. Uh, Oh, that was beautiful. I needed that. Um, well, but the, the so that came out, uh, and by that I mean Tracer, and <laughs> it was glorious. The shit posting has been amazing. Well, oh. a lot of people oh, lost their minds it. about it, and I thought to myself, well, at least it doesn't get in the way of of your ship, uh, Dead Palette. No, it, it does not. Uh, but people—that's the thing—is people think that they're serious. Everyone who's like mad about this isn't mad about this. They're shit posting. Like it's, yeah. it's so unbelievable. Like they're people are like, oh, they're being so homophobic. One of my no, favorites. they're shit posting. They're making jokes about their wife who not being available anymore. Right? Did you see the uh, the person posting on the forums about like about like what an outrage this the comic was. Yeah. And, oh. and then their post is entirely about how they now have to imagine that Torbjorn has had sex. <laughs> A bunch of times. Boy. so what are what are we here for? Uh it's Christmas time, everybody. Merry and Christmas. Mom's cooking chicken and collard green. Sorry. Okay. So uh, I issued a challenge. Oh wow! Did you did? I sure did. You certainly did. That challenge was to beat um, Shaq. Yes. Only Aaron Carter tried it. He succeeded, but it was only in a dream. Yes. 
Which is to recap, boom. He put it in the hoop like slam. Slam. The crowd started screaming out, jam. Jam. And I swear, I'm telling you the facts. That's how he beat Shaq. In a dream. Anyway, but the challenge dream, I actually issued. And this isn't real. How do you get a jersey with the name O'Neal? The Santa Pasta challenge is the challenge that I issued. Um, I asked people to send me 300 to 600 word scary stories about Santa. And uh, my, my partners in crime here uh, can attest to the fact that, holy shit, you guys knocked this one out of the park. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you thought the Poke if and we thought the Poke Pasta Challenge had a, a pretty significant number of impressive storytelling and writing all across the board, but dear God, you guys managed to stuff an entire sleigh full of goodies for us and they're high quality like we're not talking about stuff you pick up at walmart these are handmade with love and care and then we're thrown down their uh, their chimneys our chimneys at us so uh you uh, kept pausing and several times throughout that run-on sentence i imagined it ending terribly dirty (laughs) (laughs) my my mind doesn't go quite that far that's 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 dead palette's job Mm, yeah it all started when you said stuffed. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, we, we we tallied the votes amongst the three of us. And uh, it was really hard to do, you guys. It was so hard. It's like asking so which, hard. It's like asking which of your children do you want to leave out in the snow, and which do you want to bring in for Christmas dinner? Yeah. Truly, it is the Sophie's choice of judging <laughs> creepy stories about Santa. <laughs> what? So, um, <laughs> oh my God! We got to see we, that that uh, Chris Hardwick bit where he was talking about people who don't know how to review things well. Like there was an actual review for one of the Harry Potter movies that was like a Pandora's box of excitement, and it's like you know Pandora's box unleashed all the evil on the world, right? <laughs> it's like this movie is a slave trade of adventure. <laughs> uh, um so when we judge the stories, uh we had one outlier uh in, in terms of judging that David really likes. Hi that's everyone. Going, that's going to be our uh first story that we read. So and then we're going to read our much, for, much uh, like the Ashcan Award last time. Yeah, yeah. This, it, unfortunately, uh, the Ashcan Award was awarded to the person who most proved Dead Palette wrong but didn't win, uh, win an award. Now, this is Alan's challenge, but for some reason, I'm the one with the outlier this time around. Uh, I just yeah, uh, there was an original plan for me to have a uh, Pander Bear story um, <laughs> to pick the story that pandered the most to me. But I gotta say, not one mention of Shaq in any of these stories. Uh, no one blows their brains out with a revolver. <laughs> uh, Shaq did blow his brains out with a revolver while dressed as Santa. 
yeah. all dressed as forensic, all dressed as Santa. <laughs> no happy happy. <laughs> happy. Oh man, why doesn't why doesn't Happy Happy have a Christmas episode? There probably is a Christmas episode of Happy Happy. Uh, Dronian's. Yeah, there's a lot of shit we have not read, sir. <laughs> if it's not out there on the wiki, it's in Dronian's head somewhere. Oh man. You know uh, what? It's gonna fall on us if that doesn't exist to create the Happy Happy Christmas special. I'm down. Anyway, um, <laughs> you need a where, number where, four story. Where, David, where are we at on getting Dronian to be a member of this podcast again? <laughs> we're we're at. Um, I'm waiting for you guys to help uh, craft a letter of some sort to bring him aboard because otherwise he's just gonna be like. I don't, I don't. I don't know what words of gratitude we can give him outside <laughs> of just a letter that says "thank you" a bunch of times <laughs> in different fonts. Um, but let's let's. I, pres- I would. I would like to be the one to announce what your story is. Why? Because I have a way to do it. Okay, go go for it. Oh, silent wave, and I'm done there. Good job. Silent wave. Holy wave. That's not a very All is wave. (laughs) All is also wave. (laughs) I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Alan. This is... Alright, we need to keep going. People are going to be pissed if this is another dumb, tired episode. Yeah. If you hadn't noticed, everybody, it's uh, it's late o'clock in the night for all of us, but we're like, fuck it, it's almost Christmas, we need to record this shit. And we love yeah. you. This Let's is how much we love you. Buckle the fuck down and get to your stocking stuffer. This is the stocking stuffer award, as awarded by me, uh, David King of Christmas. This is Silent Wave by... Silent Wave is by M. Massiel. MACL. Nice. Okay, see, I, I still don't know who wrote all the stories in here. <laughs> so and I I don't know any of them either for a fact, but I know who our who our second place is. Nope. Even though yeah, I don't I uh I took out the names of authors when I compiled all these stories and sent them to uh DP and Dave. <laughs> just to uh I don't know. I don't think they're biased. I but no, but it does help. To, yeah, to it does get help to out. yeah get well, that yeah, out there. Yeah, we, we never try to be biased, but like um, you know, certain certain people out there are consistently good writers. So anyway, Silent Wave. I'll kick this one off since it's uh, Holy this, Wave. This is my choice. All all is calm. All is shut the fuck up. Let me read. Anna awaits at the shore. The weather is cold, unusual by Christmas standards. The wind unfolds her oversized coat like a cape, whips her bare legs with glass-sharp sand particles. There isn't a single soul out this night, the city empty, the streets deserted. It's already tourist season, but Christmas isn't a holiday to be spent by the sea. Unlike New Year's Eve, Christmas is a big city celebration, of laughter and warmth linking from the top of apartment complexes. At the small brown beach town, the event passes without notice or lights. I actually really like the the beginning of this. This is the setup here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, this this story is uh, four paragraphs, and when you only have four paragraphs, you gotta do some work quick. And this does a really nice job of setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, why don't like we just? Good... I was gonna say why don't we we can just power through it and then talk about uh, our thoughts on it when we get to the end. Okay. Uh, she gets nervous as time goes by. She's sure the letter was clear. She wrote the right number of the lifeguard tower and used the right shade of muddy blue to represent the sea. There's no way he would get it wrong. But what if he doesn't show up? She promised Thomas to bring something, and she'll, she's sure she'll never get in trouble with Cristiano for not being around by the time he comes back. She thinks about all the time she asked for, all the things she asked for, a puppy, then a bicycle, then good food and new clothes, then a hug, and how on every 25th nothing awaited her in the morning. But it sure was just, uh, but sure it was just a mis- but was just a misunderstanding. There were always... They were always on the move, and of course, it made finding them to deliver gifts quite difficult, especially in the limited time frame of one night. This year, though, it would work. It had to. So when she hears it, her eyes fill with tears of joy, the quiet jingle of bells. Holding her breath, she sees the man standing by the walkway not touching the sand, looking around as if searching for something. His eyes are as classy as Cristiano's when he's done not doing bad things. So that must be a good sign. He holds his gift sack in one hand, bulbous and made of red dyed straw, the other hand clutching tightly the end of a beating stick. No beard and no black boots, but this is expected during the summer. Papai Noel, she says, loud enough for her voice to be carried with the sand. His head turns sharply, like a hunting animal. Their eyes meet. He walks, with silent purpose, to the tower. That's a golf clap. Not it's, what it's, you think it's it a delightful, is. It's a delightful golf clap. It's a delightful little golf clap. It's a, it's a golf clap. <laughs> I was about to say it's not what you think it is, but you know. Um, so that sounded just really com- bad. It um, wouldn't be undercooked analysis if we didn't just undercut the mood. This is this is very true. <laughs> Under undercut analysis, if you will. Uh, so, um, the, the what I like about uh, this story, personally, is there's um, it's it's got the it's I I've. The, the way the language is used is very nice. I think the image, it's, the scene it sets is really is really good. For only having four paragraphs, I think it uh, it actually demonstrates it it, it. it you it leaves a lot of questions, but at the same time, I kind of like the what it's painting. You can inf- you can kind of infer a lot of what's going on, mm-hmm. and um, I like that it's done that way. It kind of lets lets you have to think about what you're reading. And, uh, again, I like that it's very different. We get, um, for at least, like, for, uh, for us, you know, 
you know, uh, for us being, you know, Americans and everything, uh, it's a, it's different. It's nice to see like a, a different, a different culture's Santa Claus as kind of the focus of the story. And, uh, it's a very, um, I don't want to say creepy image, but there's that, there's a, there's, it's, it's a, it's a good disconcerting image of him just showing up where he's just kind of, you know, where he's got the beating stick. He's got the, the red dyed straw, the, the color of the sack and everything, the way his eyes are described, the way he moves, the way he moves his head. I just, I don't know. I just really, the language of the story, I really like, and the, the subject matter of the story, I also really enjoy. Um, and, I think th- this has been a big downfall of um, Creepypasta, is that originally it treated readers uh, like they were smart, and slowly yeah. and slowly it just degraded to <clears throat> treat like they're fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. And this story uh, doesn't treat you like an idiot. It doesn't handhold. It puts the information there, and makes you infer everything for yourself. So concretely, we don't know a whole lot that's going on in this story, but we are given uh, a realm of possibilities to work with Mm. that something with this version of Santa is going to do something bad. um, And uh, we're given some sort of understanding of a home life where there's moving going on uh, often and uh, that maybe they are deprived and that uh, there might be either some sort of crime or domestic violence. It's, it's all so vague, but um, it's just this small glimpse into Anna's life. Mm-hmm. Mm. I almost wonder, uh, I almost inferred the possibility on my second reading here, or this is actually maybe third or fourth, I was thinking about this, they could possibly be homeless, too. Yeah, there, there might be yeah. that. And uh, the lifeguard tower just happens to be where they are. Maybe the reason they are homeless has to do with what you described earlier. Either way, it's a, it's a bad situation, and based on what we're reading here, you can tell that what Anna is asking for is probably means ill for other parties involved here. Probably Cristiano, but we never yeah. we never know for sure. But uh, Papa Noel is not there to is there to bring joy by a very specific and potentially violent means. I Poppy. <laughs> now, if this was a Halloween story, it would instead be David Pumpkins. But <clears throat> any we all, questions? We all... It's like yes, I have I have many questions. I yes, need to infer a several. lot about this story. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's got to be a new Halloween tradition. We tell our kids about how. Uh, every October 31st, uh, 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 David Pumpkins travels around the world in his uh, elevator controlled by Keenan Thompson, and uh, his helpers, two B-boy skeletons, deliver uh, good cheer and dancing to the populace. No, he, no. if you go up an elevator or down an elevator on, on Halloween, whenever you get out, you'll be greeted by David, David S. Pumpkins. If you're greeted by only the two skeletons, though, he will appear behind you and scare you. Yes. <laughs> but we got way off the rails with that. Um, any any thoughts on this one specifically, Alan? Um, you guys pretty much covered it. Um, 
Yeah, I kind of inferred the that uh, Papa Noel is going to lay the smack down on Cristiano. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope it's a but... really nasty smackdown. I see that this story actually, the thing about this too is that it actually prompted me to actually try and look up the what uh, Popeye Noel is in, uh, you know, how, how he's interpreted. Uh, because, you know, the, the cool thing about Santa Claus, and this is the thing I like to see, this is the, the one instance, I think, in the challenges where we saw very this uh, interpretation of him is that in different countries, he, he is a very different character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There yeah. are certain similarities that cross uh, the boundaries, but... Um, so for me to have this little splash of, of something different than the North American interpretation of St. Nick was, uh, was really cool. Um, sorry, but go, go ahead. No, uh, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, we have, we have the Coca-Cola Santa. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a little boring after a while, so. Yeah. Which if I was partaking in this challenge, that's what I would have done is, is I would have gone, uh, the Coca-Cola route and talk about Coca-Cola and how <laughs> it made Santa real. And like now Santa's a real person. It's like Coca-Cola Tolpa Santa. Oh, huh. So that's, like, a, that's how I would have taken this challenge. Like the, uh, like kind of like the American God, God's approach because you believed in it hard enough. It, it exists now in that form. Well, yeah. Cause I, I mean, like I pretty much already did that with, um, a story I did called super moist where, Oh yeah. Uh, Betty Crocker, uh, who isn't a real person, by the way, uh, comes to life and kills uh, the person who created her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. With a kitchen knife, of course. Of course. Um, Duh. I think it's probably time for us to move on to our third place, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yes. But, uh, M- and, and I have a little bit to say about the third place story. Can, can I just wrap up here real quick, though? No. No, but... It's, it's my fucking show. It's, it's <laughs> Alan's challenge. Yes, but I, I just want to say M. M. So what the fuck are you asking me permission? <laughs> okay, I, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to defer and be a gentleman here, unlike you guys. So listen, M. Thank you for presenting this story and sharing it. Uh, this is part of the reason this was my favorite too. And I'm just gonna this is a complete bias thing. Is I like, as I've mentioned before, I kind of like a little bit of magical realism in my stories. Um, a lot of the stories here are very, um, and this isn't a bad thing, but they, they follow the very, like, this could actually happen kind of thing, and it follows the idea that, you know, maybe the threat is not necessarily supernatural in origin. Um, but when a story is this well-written and then presents a, a, a figure that clearly has a mystical angle to it, and maybe not even clearly has a mystical angle to it, there's just something about that I really like in stories. I like the idea that something comes through and there's a touch of magic to it, but it's still kind of mundane um i I don't i don't even know if there's something necessarily mystical about this i think it's um just foreboding i think that uh the story is extremely understated and i I think that um the, the story we're about to read isn't as understated but a lot of these were actually really understated and i like that that's um that's what we all like yeah, a lot of these had a lot of restraint, and the cowardly thing to do when you're writing a story, a creepy story, is to have a skeleton pop out at the end. That's why yes. we always make jokes about, and then a skeleton popped out. <laughs> like the 
if you leave your readers thinking and you just don't give them the pandering, the like, here's the scare you wanted, um, you're treating your audience like they're smarter, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I, I deeply appreciate And the, then the audience can fill in the blanks themselves mm-hmm. and decide a skeleton popped out at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, either way, uh, someone's going to get a beating, and uh, and that makes me happy. So, again, this was my this was my number one pick, and uh, that's why it is the, uh, the honorary uh, stocking stuffer for our challenge. Your stocking stuffer story, Santa with muscles. Oh, yeah. And Santa our Tilly third Victoria. place, our third place is a sealed copy of Pokemon Blue. <laughs> oh, you got me that for Christmas. In parentheses, so nice of you. for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about our. Let's go ahead and move on to our real uh, third place story. Yeah, uh, I had a little bit to say leading up to this one, and you guys don't know this because it's in my email. Um, the writer of this story entered two stories, and mm-hmm. the one we selected is the one they uh, were not confident in because they wrote it in 15 minutes while waiting for a bus. Oh. Really? I, I can yeah. I can tell that this one was written quickly. Um, but it, it is none, good. It nonetheless, it nonetheless has a lot of punch to it. It sure does. When when all is said and done, can I ask what the other story was? Uh, yes. I would like to know. But our number three is Letters to Santa by Danny LeBlanc. Danny LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Danny LeBlanc. Danny LeBlanc. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. We don't. Sorry, Danny. You get third place. Wait, what? <laughs> we, uh, we we promised we'd never make fun you're of people. you're a loser. People. You didn't come in first place. Hey, 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 hey. Undercooked analysis. We don't make fun of people here. We make fun <laughs> Danny, of their stories. Danny LeBlanc, or as he um, is known here in America, Dan the White. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's like, oh, yeah, he's like no, Gandalf I- then. I'm, I'm making an archer joke when I say that he come, came in third place when they're like making fun of Ray and he's just like, you lost in the Olympics. It's like, bronze is not losing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, number three is Letters to Santa by Danny LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ho ho ho. We were way too tired. Instead of ho ho ho. Oh my god. Uh, just fucking go. Dear Santa, there you go. Dear Santa, I know it's a little early this year, but I thought maybe if I did if sooner, I'd have a better shot at getting what I want. All I really want this year is one of those Polaroid cameras. You know, the pink ones? Me and Sadie love to take pictures. Oh, and maybe some new pajamas, too? Oh, and a bike so I can ride with my friends. Thanks, Santa. Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Love, Evie. Dearest Evie, thank you for writing to me so early, my sweet. Most people don't think about me until Christmas is nearly here, and it's very busy. 
You've been a very good girl this year, Sadie, has been on the naughty list. I think, but maybe, just maybe, you'll get what you want this year. Speaking of Christmas, I know you don't have a chimney. Could you maybe leave a window open on Christmas Eve so I can be sure to give you your presents? It's so difficult to get in otherwise, even with magic. Love, Santa. Dear Santa, wow, I never thought I'd get a reply. Hi, Santa. Sadie's my dog. I see her all the time, and I know she's been good, I promise. But, okay, Santa, I'll be sure to leave a window open so you can give me my presents. I'm so excited, Mom and Dad, that say I'm finally old enough to stay home without a babysitter. I promise they won't stay up too late on Christmas Eve, though. I won't peek, I promise. Love, Vaporeon. Dearest Evie, yes, my dear, remember, peeking is a very naughty thing to do. Very, very naughty. Love, Santa. These letters were discovered in the family home of Evelyn Montgomery. San Paulo Santa was released with parole on November 24th. He did not break parole until a month later. <laughs> All right. You, you know what tipped this one into the basket for me? <clears throat> Specifically, the whole confusion about the dog thing. I I yeah. like that touch, too. <clears throat> yeah. Where she, she mentioned Sadie in the first letter. Uh, me and Sadie left to take pictures. So, fake Santa infers... Oh, Sadie's on the naughty list. Then uh, Sadie's my dog. That yeah. is that is such a really such a cool touch. I really like that. Um, I think the part that's, that that's the uh, thing that you you really get realism from is whenever there's some sort of mix up like that, and uh, you know, like if you go to see a movie, most oftentimes in a movie. Um, you don't see a scene where someone's washing their hands unless it becomes like a plot point or something. Yeah. You don't see someone uh, tripping over their words unless that's like a big part of their character. Uh, You you don't see people stubbing their toes. You don't see like little stupid shit like this. And that is what builds the realism. And that's the thing that I've become so obsessed with in, in, uh, you know, quote unquote, Ashcan horror. Um, That mix up is very much that. It's it's very uh, clunky that this girl is that stupid and that this guy is, is able to pull this off. And that's what's so good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She clearly didn't she clearly didn't evolve far enough to uh, recognize the danger here. Uh, God damn it, Dave. <laughs> hey, we had a poke pasta challenge. I was. No, I'm sorry. That's. Dave, you... Thank you, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't mean to belittle the story. I actually, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I, for some reason, how I, is it? How is it that a story that uh, probably has the least editing out of all of the stories we read made our third place? Um, you know, that's that just goes to show the power of a story itself or a, a good idea. Yeah. Um, it also kind of fits. Um, because it's a letter from a child to a prison inmate. <laughs> it, now, I, see what this what this person really should have done 
is if they really wanted to sell this, they should have sent us pictures of the letters. Oh my god. That would have been rad. Oh my god, that would have been great. What I want to know is how, um, I'm sure they were addressed to Santa, but I want to know how, uh, uh, Paolo, how they ended up getting into his hands in the first place. Um, bureaucracy. Hmm. I, I just to me, to yeah. me the, I knew we, American I knew we, postal system, right, guys? <laughs> Am I right? Any well, any look, U.S. postal clearly, service users out there? Clearly, the only answer is a complete overthrow of the American government. It's time to rise up, everybody! Resistance time! Woo! No, not not America. In the revolution. The postal system. Revolution did not begin with a bang, but with <laughs> a horror podcast. <laughs> um, can I just say Paolo Santa is a great name? Pa- I think it's Paolo. Paolo? <laughs> yeah. Peyote Santa. Peyote Santa. Paola Santa. Can I just say Paolo Santa is a good name? Paolo like Santa. Paolo Santa. And uh, I, uh, to me, that's the part that, that tickles me about the whole story. I love the like the Sadie the Sadie bit was great. I agree with you guys there. But the, I, I, to me, the clincher is the end of the story where we get that detail, and it's like darkly humorous to me. And actually, like when mm-hmm. I first read it, I actually chuckled out loud. That was uh, that was really good. The clincher is is a lot like a, ch- a chafee, but <laughs> anal sex I, like anal sex but, without lube. A potato potato, a deet, or no, that's not exactly right. Potato potato, <laughs> JV clencher. <laughs> like I, I met this guy at the club last night, and we were really hitting it off, and we were really drunk, and we didn't have any lube, so he gave me a clencher. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, and then he wanted to finish he, me off, so he, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Um, <sighs> I, I well yeah there's so here's so uh, again Danny so we are them to just raw dog like raw dog it like that oh god I try to steer things well, back on track and you just keep going back to the to the, back to that club back raw, to... <laughs> raw dogging it is is the umbrella term for both clinchers and chafees oh Jesus Christ <laughs> when did I lose control of this show everybody when did this happen a long time ago. A clincher with a reach around Chavy is a raw dog supreme. <laughs> Friends, now you understand why I keep such tight creative control of Midnight Marinara. Because I can't allow this kind of shit to happen on that show. <laughs> By the way, look out for the next episode of uh, Midnight Marinara, Raw Dog Supreme. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um... You know what, you guys? Last time we did break it up into two episodes, but we're doing pretty good on time. I think it's yeah. These are considerably shorter than the stories from last time. We should just go ahead and do our second and first place winners. Okay, why not? Yeah, sure. Because we're enthusiastic and we love our readers and we love our listeners and we love our entrants. Yeah, we're warmed up. We're lubed up. We don't. No clinchers denied. No clinchers yeah. denied. No chaffees withdrawn. 
prematurely. <clears throat> Full-on penetration so, with this one. So who's going to introduce our number two story? Me, because this was my number one story. Ah. I get the next good. one, then. I have a good theory of who, who wrote this one. And I didn't choose it for that. But I have a good theory on who wrote it. Uh, this is okay. Peanut Butter Cookies by Prasicor. Yes, it is. Oh, I fucking called it. <laughs> oh, I fucking called it. Oh boy, I you know. He wrote it. Uh, both, uh, both fun, fun fact, and also potential shout out. Uh, both uh, Dead Palette and I separately have appeared on, uh, have been interviewed by uh, Prasicor on his own little uh, podcast experiment show, uh, The Raptors Nest. So if you want to hear us discuss some fun uh, horror theory. Uh, you should go give uh, Prasicor's uh, show a listen. And I'll be doing a collaboration with him soon. I was going to do it in October, but I didn't because I'm me. <laughs> and once again, Alan's not invited! Uh, Alan, as, as Yoda once said, you will be. You will be. But he also said, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Oh, man. Oh, God. Mm. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked with stupid tangents, Brandon. Don't Too do late. it. If right. you look back on your childhood with an honest so why don't you tell us? Line, Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> I was like, I said, why don't you start as you had already started reading? And I just... Oh. There was either a huge delay there or you just really wanted to throw him off. <laughs> either way, Jinx. that was... Good job. Jinx. Noonan. Okay. If you look back on your childhood with an honest and open mind, you'll probably notice a few inconsistencies. These are things that just don't add up. They either didn't add up at the time, or they don't add up when you look back at them later in life. I suppose most people just wave them off, blaming their naivety as a child or the general weirdness of the world. But at least in my case, there's one inconsistency that I've never gotten over. Uh, so this is the opening paragraph. And from the opening paragraph, I'm like, mm, this is a strong contender for winning this already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, I didn't know, I didn't theorize that Prancicor wrote it. But um, this is, I think, great fodder for realist horror. Uh, whenever you have child memories not matching up with reality um, and then trying to validate those childish memories. You can find really creepy things happening there. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, Like the vast majority of kids growing up in the U.S. with an even vaguely Christian background, I believed in Santa Claus. I probably had more faith in Santa Claus than I did in Jesus. At least Santa promised me solid, regular rewards for my good behavior, whereas Jesus just seems to rely on the honor system. <laughs> anyway, I love... Jesus ev- never got me a Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus died for your Sims, but he wouldn't buy you a Nintendo. Anyway, Jesus died for your Sims? <laughs> <laughs> he did. I'm sure there's a Sim Jesus. Anyway, I loved everything about the Santa story. In all of the utter ridiculousness, living in a magical workshop at the North Pole, with brand name toys being produced by an under underplayed non-union elven workforce, what's not to love? 
I'll tell you what what's not what uh, is totally to love is that observation that we all make as a kid at some point that if Santa's got a workshop full of elves, why the fuck do we get brand name toys? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do love. Um, I just rewatched Elf with Chelsea, and she had never seen Elf. And I just love the beginning of that movie when they're in the workshop and they're just making just sketches. And there's there's an elf teacher being like, I want to go over like chip processing on on the latest video game consoles. <laughs> oh man, I saw Scrooge for the first time this year. Really, for the first time? Yeah, I've never seen it. Such a great movie. You mean it's 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 Bill Murray, so. Bill Murray is, he's not Scrooge, but he's the Scrooge analogy for this movie. Yeah. And he still gets visited by three ghosts. Well, four ghosts. I remember we used to follow my mother's old family tradition of watching candles burn until midnight on Christmas Eve. My mother was Jewish. Uh, Really, that's what we did. (laughs) Mom quickly realized that this wasn't the easiest thing to do for a young child. So we created a new tradition. We went to the movies instead. The first Harry Potter movie, the second two Lord of the Rings movies, the King Kong remake, and Avatar are just some of the movies we saw over the years. When we got home, Mom laid out peanut butter cookies and hot cocoa for Santa, as well as some carrot sticks for the reindeer. Strangely enough, we didn't have a chimney at the time, a fact that I had just waved by saying that if Santa was magic enough to slide down a chimney and back up again, then a door was probably easy enough to unlock. He'll just smash through the pane and click the lock himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, have you uh, ever used the carrot stick to like give yourself a clincher? I'd wake up in the next morning. The first thing I did was check to see if the cookies had been eaten. That's how no, you play that's, just... that's how you play reindeer games. <laughs> oh god. God damn it, David, you're taking me to some dark territories. I can I can rattle them off pretty good every once in a while. I can I can roll with you guys. Uh, the milk had been drunk, and if any of the carrots were gone, Santa never disappointed. He never ate all the cookies, usually about half, leaving one behind with an obvious bite mark and a few crumbs to reveal his presence. I uh, like that little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, both linguistically on how it's structured and written and everything. And how that's a stupid thing that parents would do because children are stupid and they would be like, oh, there's a bite mark in it. So obviously he ate the cookies. Yeah. Like that sells that to stupid fucking children. And I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on to the tree. I'd never uh, I'd find half the presents labeled from mom and the other half labeled from Santa. Mom seemed to have no problem whatsoever letting Santa have all the credit for giving me the nicest, most expensive president, uh, presidents, <laughs> the most expensive presidents. <laughs> We're going to have to do our research into the net worth of each uh, pre- U.S. president now. So this is why we need campaign finance reform. God damn it! Santa's <laughs> giving us the, the most expensive presidents, and the mom presidents are, are not nearly as expensive. God you know, fucking damn it. You know, friendly reminder, you guys, that uh, Jimmy Carter was so worried about conflict of interest that he sold his peanut farm before he would become president. Mm. Just putting that out there, everybody. Uh, the video games, the giant stuffed animals, 
the remote controlled robot dinosaurs. Shut the fuck up, Prasicor. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Mom was content to be the giver of shirts and underwear. That's probably really what he did get for Christmas, though, because, I mean, you know. See, that's the opposite. Like, have you all seen, like, the recent thing where uh, people are like, when you get your kids' presents, you should wrap up, like, the uh, scarves and clothes as as if they're gifts from Santa and all the expensive stuff is from you. That way, like... When you go to school, poor kids don't think, like, Santa gives you all the expensive stuff. Is that the way it is now? Is that, like, the general... I think that's a general thing. That's odd. I don't think I, uh... Well, I don't know. I I mean, I I work with kids in my day job, and, like, I... I haven't heard anything like that, necessarily. And I've... And, you know, during the classes, my kids are... The the kids I work with are never, like... they're, They're definitely chatty about what they've got for Christmas, whether you want to know or not. Okay, guys, we need to concentrate on stretching. A million hands shoot up. Okay, yes, sir. Do you have an emergency question? Santa got me, a, and it's just a long thing where they don't concentrate at all on what they're supposed to be doing. They just talk about all the shit they got for Christmas, and I'm like, okay, moving on. Um, I was gonna say real quick. You, uh, uh, though, you always gotta you always gotta stretch before you have a rigorous <laughs> workout, though. You want to be warmed up so you don't be known as a clincher. You know how I can tell you work with kids, though. You, you yourself, Brandon. <laughs> Just immediately bulldoze over that. <laughs> yeah, sure. How do I work with children? Because you refer to them as being fucking stupid. Uh, as uh, someone who we, also we, works we with kids. kids. I, was, I was once a kid, too. Hey, and I know how fucking stupid I was. All kids are fucking stupid at some point. But I still love kids. So Here, here's, how, here's how you know I was a smart child, though. Because I knew I was a stupid fucking kid. Mm-hmm. The dumb, the the smartest kids know that they're fucking retarded. That's a good point. Mm. <laughs> um, last week. Last week. Oh. oh. Was this one week? Um, who? I would say, uh, you read. Uh, you read the last one, right, DP? Yeah, because it was about underwear. Oh yeah, and remote control dinosaurs. Uh, last week I received a call from St. Francis Hospital in Hartford. Mom had been taken into the emergency room after her airway closed up. I dropped everything to see her, but by the time I arrived, she'd already suffocated. Demanding to know what happened, the doctors told me she suffered an allergic reaction to peanut butter after some cross-contamination in a restaurant. Oh, God. Utterly in denial. I've racked my brain trying to remember if I'd ever seen her eating peanut butter before then. The answer was no, I don't remember ever seeing her eat it. Can I honestly be expected to remember every meal ever made and consumed by my mother? No. (laughs) Thanks, DB. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. The only one. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only one that really sticks out are the peanut butter cookies left out for Santa by mom. The ones that showed every sign of having been partially eaten. Dun dun dun. So that mother must have spent like thousands and thousands of dollars on EpiPens. 
Oh! Stop eating them, but these peanut butter cookies are so good. You keep injecting yourself with that again. <laughs> I gotta that do it for the kid. That was our number two story, and boy, was it fucking good. I gotta do it for the kid. Oh man! Could have bought uh, another kind of cookie, but anyway, yeah, I I'm with Alan. Uh. This is the second place story for a reason. It's, it's, it's good. Uh, man, I I really like this one. It feels intimate. Um, I like it's it's a small thing, and I, I know it's uh, it's fucking trivial, but I like that. Um, it's about a single mother and their son, and uh, the traditions that they have, and in a very short amount of time, we get to know these two characters. And so, obviously, you're going to focus on the twist, but uh, it's everything that couches that that uh, makes the story feel personable and uh, intimate. It's a smaller story, and sometimes that's a really good thing, especially uh, if you can get that across in a kind of form of uh, disconcerting horror, that's even better. It's a, it's a, when, you're, when you're dealing with kids or you're dealing with memories of youth, a small story is going to work better generally because you're going to have uh, that focus. So I like that it has that kind of focus and it just kind of stays there. Um, and what really, as, as a rule, as a rule, Billy, you should probably focus on having a smaller story when you're trying to do ash can horror. Exactly. Um, Not always, but as a rule, you probably want to stick close to that. Would you, a rule or a guideline? A guideline. A rule of thumb, rather. That's yeah. the phrase I'm looking for. That's now, David. Yes. I, I had I had to explain myself on the last episode. So now the spotlight is on you. Why did this story not make your top three? Um. Why did it not make my top three? Yes. You know, reading it again. I get more kind of what was going on. I was a lot closer of a read, and I can get the more kind of intimate details. Um, I it didn't initially have the same impact on me. I don't know. It's this is and this a lot of my vote comes from a, a sense of personal enjoyment. I still really like this story. Don't get me wrong. I still really like this story, and I actually like it more again reading it here with you guys. I just if I had to you know reserve space on my list for a couple different stories. Um, just the one, the, uh, uh, M story with the Popeye Noel took the top spot. Mm. And then there was just something that really appealed to me with that one, much as this one kind of appeals maybe more to you guys. Uh, yeah, same thing for me with Silent Wave. It didn't make my top three. Uh, it didn't personally appeal to me, but, uh, it was a very unique perspective and, uh, one of the, the stories I do appreciate more on 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 our twenty submissions that we got. Yep, twenty. Twenty submissions, you guys. <laughs> this was this was way harder than the Poke Pasta challenge. We 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 uh, deliberated really carefully about which ones we had kind of decided on and worked our scores out uh, before the show, before we actually started recording, and 
we we had a little bit of a discussion there too. But um, so, but we did yeah, not come to number one and slightly. two, number one and two were kind of dead set. They were pretty much yeah. dead set right from the get go. And what I really because was... uh, Dead Palette said uh, peanut butter cookies was his number one. It was my number two. And our first place story is actually my number one and his number two. Uh, the the first place story is also my number two. Yeah, so it so. it won with, uh, I guess seven votes. It's uh that's and that's pretty good. I think that that was uh it was a a much wider uh would you say it was a much wider margin than even the the poke pasta when it comes to our correlation of yeah what we read? yeah yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's pretty good. Um, but I and and but one of the things I really appreciate about these challenges, though, is it really kind of explores what each of us as um, as an uh, you know story analysts appreciates in a story. And um, what I like is you know jokes and everything aside, we all kind of appreciate where the other is coming, where everybody else is coming from, and understand. What where the appeal is and why the stories appeal the way they do, even if they're not necessarily our favorites. And um, this is one of the reasons I I love working with you guys on the show uh, every you know few weeks or so. Um, maybe I'm get, maybe I'm feeling a little misty about it because we're in love, the holidays love... and shit. But god damn it, you guys! <laughs> no. Yeah, recently I've been, I've, I've been sick. I've had an upper respiratory infection because recording can't be easy. Like, I've never had a problem speaking in my life. And then <laughs> in the three years where I start using my voice to perform, that's, of course, when my voice has to start going to shit. Um, but I, I told these everyone that I have, like, you know, friend, familial relationships, friendship relationships with online. Hey, guys. I'm fucking off because I'm sick and I don't feel like talking right now. Uh, but I love you guys, and I'm not talking to you. But I love you guys. Aww. Aww. Get on. And Dead Palette's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> he still stole everything from Whoville, though, because and also stupid. his dick. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in terms of length. Just in terms of girth, he's 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 rocking a tuna can now. All about that girth, kids. All about that girth. You know they put the the, the little uh, frame in front of his heart, and then his heart busts out of the frame. It's like like my that, dick is going back. That, but with a cock ring. Beautiful. Um, so our number one story. Our, now wait, 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 wait. We, we got to build this one up. So go ahead. But I'm gonna drum roll it when you get before you get to the title reveal. Okay. Our number one story in the Santa Pasta contest is "Blue Is for Boys" by Wrong Games. I'll go ahead and speak for everyone. I don't know who the fuck Wrong Games is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but this is this is the dark horse story of, of all yeah. of these things. <laughs> I, I I fully expected this to be someone who uh, regularly comments in that we always see in the comment section, but I guess not. But no, fucking RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, <clears throat> this is that WrestleMania 31 RKO. Oh my god. The, the RKO of the cinch. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I have comments. So many comments. Let's just read the story read instead of... Fucking... Um, Blue is revolts. I didn't know I was poor until December 2005. I was eight years old, and as an only daughter, I was showered with enough love and attention that I barely noticed the absence of possessions. That Christmas Eve, though, I learned a few things. That year, they held a Toys for Tots-styled event at the local video store. Customers were encouraged to drop a toy in the cardboard box to earn points towards a free rental. I had seen the box before, and even asked my mom if I sh- if we should donate for uh, something for a poor kid. That's how oblivious I was. Kids are fucking stupid. That day, my parents brought me to the to-, to the store to return Prisoner of Azkaban. When I saw Santa seated on a throne in the middle of the room, I immediately knew I was there, really there to see him. I was ecstatic as I waited and I could barely keep from breaking into nervous tears as I got up into his lap. Um, <clears throat> I think that our, our we have very few details right now about uh, who exactly our narrator is, but I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that she's a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff! <laughs> Do we, we get the same feeling? Uh, yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah. Okay. I'm... okay. I'll, yeah. I didn't think of it that way, but I guess Prisoner of Azkaban is in there, so all right, sure. Hufflepuff. This is our second story to mention Harry Potter. Um... Well, it's kind of a big deal, Alan. I, you're fucking telling me I'm... I'm the guy who's been trying to get someone to go with him to Universal Studios for like four goddamn years because I want to get me some butterbeer. Alan. Alan. What? Come to California. I'll go to Universal with you. In a better. wizard robe. With a wand. <laughs> You'd fucking better. Someone someone else better have one on. <laughs> yeah, it better be you because I'm not going to do that by myself. <laughs> That was that was what you, that was what I was saying. <laughs> it's gonna be nice to not be alone. <laughs> I I was thinking it would be way funnier if it's just like yeah no I'm just gonna go normal and I'm gonna be flanked by two wizards like bodyguards. Yeah. I'm the I'm I'm, I'm in the Muggle protection program. <laughs> <laughs> the man looked weathered and weary, with a notable wart at the corner of his eye. He wasn't what I'd been expecting, but. I'd visited grandparents before, so I wasn't put off by his rough, reddish-yellow complexion. What really caught my notice was the smell. Pennies and gasoline. (laughs) Um, No. It wasn't overwhelming, but he smelled like my friend's baby brother. Like a musty diaper. 
I shifted uncomfortably as I felt the crackle of plastic in his lap. Oh. Oh, I love that detail so much. It's so uncomfortable. Mm. Ho, 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 he exclaimed, dispelling any misgivings. What would you like for Christmas? I told him everything I wanted, though I hadn't had any prep time. I asked for a job for my dad, which must have seemed thoughtless. After my parents took pictures, I was off Santa's lap and on solid ground. Go over and pick out a present, Santa boomed, giving me a guiding Go hand. Go out and pick over a president. <laughs> you can have a really Taft. expensive president. You can have Taft if you want. It's okay. No one seems to want him. He's like the Charlie Brown tree of presidents. See, I would pick Calvin Coolidge. He's, he's the one that no one really wants. What about Millard Fillmore? Mm, that's a strong contender. But let us know your indie picks for presidents in the comment section. Which president would you like to find under your tree on Christmas morning, <laughs> listeners? Leave a leave a comment or for uh, me, somewhere. For me, it's got to be William Henry Harrison. Because <laughs> he don't because he wouldn't survive till morning. Oh. Those of you don't... who don't know, President William Henry Harrison is the guy who died in a month of off- after one month in office of a cold. Yeah, uh, don't don't put any mainstream presidents in there. We you got to put your indie cred presidents down there, presidents um, that people that haven't heard of. Extra points if you pick the one gay president. I'll let you Ronald figure Reagan? out which one that was. Uh, because there, no, there, there is a specific one. What if there was a secret cabal and, like, every president secretly was gay? Like, to get elected, it was like, it's like... You heard it here. You heard it on this podcast first, folks. The rumor come out. (laughs) Does all presidents gay? Does all presidents is gay. (laughs) It's like the Illuminati. Oh, my God, you guys. It's considering this is like the Illuminati in that regard. It really is the gay agenda. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's a good metal band name. We should read the story. Someone read. <laughs> Go over and pick out a present. Santa boomed, giving me a guiding hand to all to the the a small folding card table. That's when it hit me. A cold feeling hit the pit of my stomach. He wanted me to pick out a toy for a poor kid. <clears throat> I looked to my parents. Sure, they'd gesture for me to leave the table and come back to them. Instead, they nodded and smiled, completely unaware of the mental crisis I'd stumbled into. (laughs) (laughs) I reached for a box in blue paper. Oh, man. This is... Oh, this is like um, brushing your teeth and then immediately drinking coffee and then getting like a sour stomach like... Ugh, what a shitty feeling. Yeah. Uh, I also like. I can't. That. I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of a uh, of like a another example of that feeling. Just the idea of like being told to get a present, but in that moment realizing you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> so like that like, face when. We're, we're, <laughs> We're laughing about this, but it's like it's. But it's legit. 
It's super <laughs> depressing and gross and just feels like, oh, this like uh, th- there's been like a, a huge uptick in cringe humor, you know? Yeah. And I think that that mean that might mean good things for us in in the realist horror realm because the real horror a lot of the times is kind of cringy yeah. in in these kinds of moments and i also like that the parents don't understand that they're having this mental crisis this yeah this this is almost formulated like a stand up routine <laughs> like it's like and i looked at my parents and they gestured for me to leave the table and come back to them, uh, it, 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 it's all worded perfectly. But anyway. yeah, the, it, the it whole feels- mental crisis I'd stumbled into thing—it's like a—it's like a Mark Maron bit. Yeah, <laughs> like you could you could almost picture this being being delivered as stand-up. It's it's yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, I, I'm for whatever reason I'm imagining. Childish Gambino doing this stand-up bit. But anyway. <laughs> no. Santa boomed again. A sudden harsher tone wrapping his voice in thorn. Ooh. It softened again as he continued. Blue is for good little boys. Pink is for sweet little girls. I obediently selected a pink box before scurrying back to my parents in a miniature panic. Hey, hey mom and Hey, Mom and Dad, I don't think Santa understands that gender is a social construct. <laughs> God damn it, David. I was taking a drink. <laughs> this is my I had to seize Me the opening while I could. too. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Ah, uh, you're, you're welcome. So... <laughs> uh. Okay, so I like I, that, and that's oh, yeah. one, that that makes our our uh, little narrator feel uh, uncomfortable. Like b- blue is a pretty color. <laughs> I want the blue present, Santa. Come on. I couldn't open that present on Christmas morning. I thought it'd be a broken, dirty doll someone dropped into the donation box instead of throwing it away. I'd never been selfish like that, but being surprised at the idea that I needed charity played havoc with my young, fragile outlook on life. That's also real as fuck. Yeah. Y'all, this is great. Um, Dad ended up opening it for me, assuming I was too humble to accept it. I didn't correct him as he pulled out a new, pristine-looking white teddy bear. I instantly fell in love with him, naming him Snowy Bear. I learned a lot that year, and I don't mean that we weren't rich. I learned what it meant to appreciate the kindness of others, and that our finances didn't make us lesser as people. Okay. Many years later... You added with him to that I instantly fell in love, and my brain... Oh. <laughs> and, uh, she fell in love with her dad. <laughs> many, anyway, many years later, while unpacking in my new apartment, I pulled the shedding bedraggled snowy out of a forgotten box. Feeling nostalgic, I hugged the old bear tightly. So tightly, in fact, that the wireless camera fell free from his eye socket. 
God. Damn. Still Mm. a full body shiver. Mm. Um, So, yeah, the ending's great. But can we address the paragraph before last where it's just like, that has such... mm, This is what I think put it over the top, the story specifically, is that it was very clearly... Uh, the person who wrote this was looking at the comments and seeing that we were like, that like five people made uh, pennies and gasoline comments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they took this and they're like, okay, uh, I'll put a base of penny and gasoline on this. But then they added this. But then swerve into a fucking tree. They swerved into the tree, but they also put this whole, um, like a like a fake out like happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it, that, it really oh is a fake out happy ending. It's so good. Yeah, it's fucking. This story is fucking phenomenal. Like it the, actually the, has the phrase. The phrase I instantly fell in love with him, naming him Snowy Bear. Oh my god, that's a beautiful series of words. It is. Yeah. I I, I really love how. Um, our narrator kind of conclude almost comes to the conclusion. Like it actually, it's like sort of this idea. Like there's a lesson to be taken away from this, and my I took a I took a good lesson away from this, and then to have that and that then floating, fucking boom. Oh. Uh, and mm. you see, you see, there, there's two scenes in this, and there's the scene at the store, and this is a short story, but you can see every move and every step that this little girl is taking in the store. Mm-hmm. And then you can picture the, the, the scene that at the household perfectly as well, uh, with the little girl being too humble to accept and everything. It's, it's so vivid. Uh, you fill in the blanks yourself. Uh, the story does a lot to cultivate pictures in your mind. It's, uh, very visual, uh, and emotional and personable, and I love this one. And I love that you almost like you wonder about the bit of foreshadowing because you kind of have a sense, even knowing the <clears> context, <throat> that something is, is going to be off putting because a la pennies and gasoline, there's something just kind of creepy and gross about Santa. Not so much that it's obvious, but there's just something off putting. And then. You get, well, that, you get that nice bit of fridge horror because it's kind of almost pushed aside with all for a few paragraphs when you get the bit about yeah. opening the thing. And Santa, all that. Santa being gross is kind of it's a little bit of misdirection actually. It's a red herring. Yeah. yeah. But it also makes sense. Yeah. Like once you get the context of what's going on. And of course, um, you're thinking that the reason that they have. The blue is for good little boys, pink is for sweet little girls, is because uh, of... I've got... Oh, man. It's because the the, uh, Santa Claus is, and, and, you know, society is being sexist towards this little girl. But in all all, all actuality, it's pedophilia. Okay. I, I I have the perfect way to describe this story, I think. This story is a magic trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sleight of hand. <laughs> it has you looking it's in a different... of hand. God oh, it. God. 
there, there's my one pun. Okay. It, it keeps it keeps you looking in a different place. Um, so it can s- sneak this in under your nose. Yeah. It, um, it rolled a natural twenty on its sleight of hand check, and I, I feel like um, I mean that's the fucking dorky way of saying it. Sure. Can I say too <laughs> that it just it just dawned on me that uh, like. Part of the you know pink is for girls, blue is for boys thing also reinforces the idea that these are this, it's a charity case because you think about when uh, people give toys out you know you're you're the people who get donation toys don't generally know who they're going to you know give them to so they have to kind of source them out that way um, yeah. I I know I um for example um uh. This happened to me recently because I had to uh, help Kayla pick out some toys for a, a holiday party she was hosting for her work. And one of the things the um, the work did was they actually paid her to go buy gifts for the kids of some of the faculty at this party. They're supposed to be from Santa. And, you know, we don't know these kids. We just know ages and, like, their first names and if they're, you know, a boy or, you know, boy or girl. So not knowing that much about it, we're kind of picking stuff out along those lines. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I want to be more neutral in this case, but again, we're, we have to work off what we kind of generally understand because we don't know what to work with. I imagine a lot of charities, you know, have to do the same thing. So while we know this is purely misdirection from the, we know at the, by the end of the story is why they're labeled the way they're labeled. It helps reinforce the idea of oh my god we're poor and I think that's brilliant as well if you think of it think of it that way too because it's another bit of misdirection and and the whole like specifically using the phrasing blue is for good little boys pink is for sweet little girls and, yeah. and you have the switch up from yeah. good to sweet it is very like like in the in the moment it's gross too right but. It, it does take on a whole new layer of like, oh, this is this isn't about uh, the Santa being sexist, which is gross enough. It's about the Santa being a pedophile, mm-hmm. or, wow. or maybe probably even uh, wider than that. Because if you start thinking about the ramifications of the story, this is probably some sort of like network. Like the Santa ain't doing this by himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh my god, yeah, it's mm, mm. <laughs> so fucking good. There's a reason this is uh, pretty unanimously our, our first place story because it, it did have the closest correlation. Like far and away, this one jumped out out to me as a as a as a, a, a good contender the moment I read it, and I was like, okay, this is staying on my radar. Uh, and uh hey uh wrong games if you could let us know uh who the fuck you are (laughs) (laughs) that would be good i I was going to interrupt you and say that and i'm like no i shouldn't interrupt him and say that and then like you use my exact phrasing of who the fuck you are (laughs) yes oh because seriously why why aren't you commenting in our in our stuff and like chatting with us because you clearly understand how all of this functions. That's right. That's Unless we've been trolled again and you're slime beast. I, I would. Uh, so are we done stroking off the story? 
I think we are. Uh, do we want to go I to mean, our in this in this chat? <laughs> do we want to go to our honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, because my first honorable mention is Aww. Street Santas. Ooh. Street Santas was going to be one of mine. Uh, um, should, I guess I don't know if they're going to post the story somewhere, but we should just kind of go over what it is. It's it's describing these uh, essentially like Street Santas was by Abysme. Hey, Abysme. Okay. okay. Uh, actually, do you want to do you want to describe it, Alan? <laughs> uh, Street Santas almost to me felt like the would have been your your Pand- Pander Bear Award. That's what I thought of it. I thought this was yeah. a story written for Dead Palette. It it, it really kind of was, um, but it's it's a story where there are these Santas on the streets that are um, uh, what do you call that? Um, Salvation Army Santas, and they're yeah. just out there ringing their bells for money to for uh, the homeless and the veterans. Mm-hmm. And they're describing their parents. Uh, our narrators describing our parents, their parents giving out money uh, to show how giving they are, and they're kind of being like, "Look, you need to be giving like us parents, right?" And then they started going by. Um, some other Santas that were like homeless people that are just kind of deranged and strange. And uh, we're not doing it justice because it has like really good uh, wordsmithing on how weird these guys are. But it just like <laughs> devolves into a big kerfuffle. And there's a bunch of people that get hurt and there's like riots and shit. It's super fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It has a, it has a, a... It's a little. It feels like disjointed, but in like the right way because it's our, from our oh, yeah. perspective of our narrator. It's really disjointed. Yeah, because it's not supposed to be. It's it's um. You know, like I I I I've been trying to use this rule of like only comparing stuff to my work once a, once a podcast because <laughs> it's so fucking egotistical. Oh my but god. It's kind of, it, for real, I, I I do I am conscious of that, guys. I am conscious of me being egotistical. Um, but there's a story I wrote called Personal, and it's like really disjointed, and it's about like witnessing a murder and like having very few details about it. Oh, and, yeah. You know, like this this is about witnessing crime and having few details about it because you're a kid. So even though you're kind of there, our narrator's kind of there, it's filtered through their stupid kid brain. Mm-hmm. Stupid kids are coming up a lot in this one. Yeah, we, we well, it's that's inevitable. <clears throat> These are Santa Claus stories. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. Oh, duh. Okay, that, that makes more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, Alan, you want to give your, your honorable mention? I'm actually looking for it on the list uh, if you want to go first. Right. Uh, I, I want to tell you real quick, the other story that uh, Danny LeBlanc wrote oh, yes. uh, was our family had a Christmas tradition until this year. Oh, okay. Which was one of the, a guy shows up who is not the person you expected to be dressed as Santa stories. We did have quite a few of those, but yeah. they were still all very enjoyable. Don't get me yeah. wrong. They were all still very good. Um, I... 
even if you could see it because they all had enough. Okay. Uh, one that was going to make your top three. My uh, top three? Oh, yes. Yeah. I changed it up. Uh, un- untitled? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, I. It might have made mine, too, if not for the fact that it was over the word limit. Oh, by how many? 74 words over. No! But that story was by Hyperthermal. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was I, very good. Um, and I'm sure Hyperthermal will have it up on Too Spooky in the forums, probably. Uh, part of the reason I liked it, it was, again, it dealt with a more obviously supernatural Santa Claus. Like, the actual, you know, something that comes down and causes something nefarious to happen. Um, it, it was... It was very clearly supernatural... But, again, it, some of the trappings early on in the way things were described were uh, m- more in, like, realism. Well, I mean, that, uh, that's... It, and then it just kind of shifts. Well, that's the point I, 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 you know, trying to make, too, is, like, as long as you, you get the setup right and you give it that kind of... You give it a good lead-in. I'm willing to... It's it's like anything. Real Realist horror doesn't always mean the horror needs to be super grounded in reality you just need to have the yeah. the reader grounded in reality for that to work out this is definitely more on the romantic side and I don't, I don't know that we should really go into the plot of it because I'm sure Hyperthermal will have it posted on Too Spooky yeah, um, yeah. but, but it, think, it is good yeah I think the language of it we won't be able to do it justice quickly because we're probably wrapping up soon mm-hmm. yeah so it's, Definitely go read that one for yourself. It is getting fairly late, um, and yeah, go give that one a read. We'll we'll uh, we'll try to make sure, like the Poke Pasta Challenge, we'll have these uh, somewhere where everybody can read them eventually. Um, my honorable mention goes to uh, a story just simply titled "A Visit from Santa." Um, I enjoyed this one because, again, um, it's very um, low key. You know, it's a decent setup, and it's got some kind of, um, you know, it's got a, a realistic setup about Christmas traditions, and then falls into a, a really disconcerting encounter that never gets explained, and I like it. There's just this weird aspect to the whole thing. I don't want to say what happens in it, but it's... Uh, that that story, by the way, by Gail Milner. Yeah, I was about to say, Gail, Gail oh, Milner yeah. wrote that one. I pulled up, I, Now I'm looking at the credits. I'm allowing myself to look at the credits. So, Gail, good job. That was really impressive. So, yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out uh, to Robonorm, who was our Coffee and Pie super fan, who has never written horror before and contributed a story to this. Um, he wrote, it was a good one too. Uh, Terrence is Santa. Ooh, that one, that one was cool too. I liked the, uh, I liked the uh, correlation that had to do in that story that had to do with Cole. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, yeah. He did, he did, he did a couple coffee and pie animateds that are really funny. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is, is he the guy that did? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he did he, the Alan Drink Rumble Mints. Alan Drink. I love that bit. <laughs> so, 
So and um, uh, the the any fetishes one. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, um, my God, you guys, I think this is a good way to, uh, to close out as any, because we have had an amazing experience reading all these stories and, um, picking the winners was a, was a, was a challenge, but it was a challenge that was pretty enjoyable. Uh, you guys gave us all a gift, uh, this Christmas. And, uh, I want to say thanks to each and everyone who submitted a story. Um, and a big, especially a special big thanks to our, our four, our fab four, our three place winners, and our stocking stuffer. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be taking a break from challenges for a little bit. Um, but next time, ball is in David's court. Yeah, I think I'll be hosting the next one whenever that is. Um, also, while I'm uh, while we're on the topic of um, you know things coming Balls. up here. Well, balls, yes. Kayla and I are going to be in um, Ohio in January for OhioCon. Uh, and we're going to be joining forces with uh, Dead Palette at uh, at a panel. We're not, again, we don't know what day it's going to be on yet, but uh, everything's been arranged. Uh, we'll be out there the weekend of the, I believe the con is running from January 13th through January 15th. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're in the Midwest or you're on the East coast and you want to make the jump, um, come find us, say hi. We're always glad to meet people. And, uh, Silverdorf's probably going to be there too. Probably. Oh, nice. I look forward to meeting him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be awesome. I was going to be there, but then work sucks. Someday, Alan, someday. That's my Christmas wish. I'm putting that out yeah. there. Someday we'll all be in the same room. And there will be many clinchers and chaffies. <laughs> chaffies? Clinchers and chaffies. I like chaffies sounds... better. I like chaffies better. Clinchers and chaffies sounds like a British children's movie. <laughs> That's true. All right. We, I, I, we should say, real quick, uh, we didn't even mention Bizarro Santa, and I don't want to get into it, but goddamn, that, that one was pandering pretty well, too. Oh, That's yeah. Who, who wrote that? Bizarro Santa. Was Fire Rose Nico Wolf? Okay, I mean, what's cool is seeing a bunch of names uh, pop up here of uh, people I've seen in the comments before who have you know followed the show, either this or Midnight Marinara, getting getting to see them strut their own writing stuff and uh, submit something. So it's cool to see uh, to see them in action. So uh, it's gonna be not cool when we get fifty stories next time. Oh Jesus. (laughs) Well, maybe I think if for I think for my, the next challenge coming up here, I'm gonna need to bring in some uh, some help. But when we do it, we'll probably have less of a time constraint. That's true. Yeah, because this time we did October, and it was like let's get it out quickly in October, and then we did Christmas, and I was like gotta get it out of Christmas, and then next time we'll probably not have a time limit. No, next time but, we'll but, well a lot where we'll have a longer time limit. Yeah, but also uh, Bizarro Santa the title of that story, I was just like, mm, I'm not going to like this story. And then like, it immediately won me over. That is yeah. like, bizarre. Sam, that sounds stupid. Oh that... no, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I, I agree. It caught me a little off guard, but I enjoyed it. All right. Also after the holidays, look for an update or two on my YouTube channel. Oh, are we going to get the yeah. third part of the revolver? 
trilogy? The basically? Revolver trilogy is about to be more than a trilogy. Oh, fucking, I got you to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because why wouldn't it be six? I went to Dead Palette with two story ideas to finish the Revolver trilogy. And I was like, which one should I do? And he was like, you should do both of them and then write two more. <laughs> I was like, god damn it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, again, thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Um, this coming out at the end of the year, it's probably been pretty obvious. Uh, there's no new Midnight Marinara episode, and that's because... I'm tired and decided to take uh, December off, but don't worry. In January, uh, there should be something coming up the pipe. I've spoken to the Pasta Shade. He's just taking the time to gather new material. And plus, you know, he's got family to see this year. So rather than slave away at the at the in the kitchens all night, uh, he's uh, taking the most wonderful time of the year. Pasta Shade's family, Fred Shade, Derek Shade. <laughs> <laughs> those are the only ones he's going to want to visit I mean he's got one annoying twin sibling no younger sibling oh, I can't even get my own mythos right <laughs> well anyway uh, take care of each other out there uh, keep warm and remember Tracer is gay <laughs> remember Tracer is gay does is, does is gay Tracer does is gay and as Kayla observed what did I observe? You observed yeah. in that in proper Dickensian fashion. Dickensian. Now, David. Now, have, David. Have now you admit, have to say. I have to say really quick. <laughs> it is almost four a.m. and the presence of an additional voice scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.